You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. David, thank you so much for joining us here on Sin. Um, firstly, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your policies that you will be bringing to upcoming re-election of yours. Sure. Thanks, George. So, uh, member for Caulfield, I was elected in 2010. Uh, I previously came from a small business background into politics, uh, very much focused on community and helping community uh, after running uh, and being involved in a lot of not-for-profit organisations, including those helping homeless and long-term unemployed youth. Uh, Also, uh, entrepreneurship and social enterprise has always been a really important thing for me, Uh, the idea of uh, giving people a hand up, not a handout. Um, So, you know, that, that's their ideals that I hold very, um, very dear to me. Um, for me, a lot of the things at the moment, certainly in, in uh, I have a small business portfolio and, um, and, and energy and, and renewables and a number of other things. So um, for me, both locally and across the state, there, there is the issue of climate and getting, um, getting the um, uh, climate change right by at the same time, ensuring that we have, uh, energy supply and, and affordable energy. So uh, some of the things that we are talking about is taking the politics out of climate change by um, legislating uh, 2030 50% uh, reduction targets. We think that's really important. Also, we want to restore power back to the people. So uh, we believe particularly in a, uh, in a in a market from energy where you've got uh, uh, powers of power lines and what have you that haven't been connected properly. So we've connected up a whole lot of um, larger uh, renewables, but we don't actually have the highway that connects them back into the grid and back into the home. So one of the immediate things that we could do is in our power to the people plan is ensuring we have batteries and solar to a million homes and also uh, uh, availability for that for renters as well. So that's important to fix uh, in terms of reliability uh, and and also from a climate perspective straight away. Uh, hydrogen, so we're backing hydrogen with a, with a billion dollar plan there, and um, and also tree canopies as well. So there's kind of a very strong environment push, and that's something that I've been driving as a deputy, but also think in my electorate of Caulfield that's really important. Then you know locally there's some other you know really key things, including healthcare is a big thing in this election right across the state, but it also is locally as well. So things like Caulfield Hospital, so we've committed to build a new hospital at Caulfield. Uh, long overdue, and uh, and and that will take a hundred-year-old hospital and make it fit for purpose, which we believe it's really important. The Alfred Hospital is in the news at the moment of being not fit for purpose, uh, and Caulfield is one of those campuses which we will fix under us, and something I've advocated strongly for. Open space is a big issue, so locally we've got the lowest amount of open space in any municipality in the state, Glenara, four percent open space. So we want to fix that by activating things like Caulfield Racecourse Reserve and creating uh, both wetlands, parkland and sporting facilities. Uh, that's something that we would do uh, and activate. And then we do things like even um, along train lines, <clears throat> you've got linear pa- potential of linear parks. So you could uh, create um, more of opportunity for people to use those effectively unused train lines at the moment um, and, and unlit and in some instances dangerous and actually activate them for um, community hubs for people. So we've got some creative ways of using open space, health, um, 
and uh, and schools. We've got a bit of a plan to commit up uh, in supporting our primary schools, particularly haven't had haven't been funded for quite a while. So we've got a fund to be able to support our primary schools with upgrades. They're kind of the key things that we've been talking about at state level. And then I suppose particularly um, at local level, along with state level with climate, and then in in um, in the small business space, one of the things that we've already announced is activating our shopping strip precincts. So during COVID, everyone's shopping strip became a community hub. We believe that they need to be upgraded in, and beautified and become more activation pieces. So a $30 million fund uh, to actually help with that. And we've announced specifically into areas like Ormond um, and Glen Hutley uh, and into Ripley some additional dollars to be able to activate those hubs. Great. I think um, you spoke a lot about different principles, especially regarding climate change and environmental aspects. Um, just one thing I'd like to touch on quickly with your answer there. Um, you mentioned um, taking the politics out of climate change. Could you just quickly just define what that means? Does that mean a more bipartisan view on things? Or yeah, just... yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, really, uh, it should be a race to the top in terms of with the ideas of how we how we actually tackle climate change, not not being critical. And I think, you know, we've been judged um, in terms of how we might have been seen federally in previous times. I think the Victorian Liberals are quite different in terms of our approach to this. A bit along the lines of New South Wales. New South Wales has been very proactive on the kind of climate piece. Uh, at, um, Matt Keane has really led the way on climate targets. And we've been working with Matt Keane and New South Wales to uh, replicate some of that. I think, you know, if you have climate set climate legislative targets, which is what we're proposing, we'd hope Labor would also uh, adopt that, um, then what you would do is provide certainty to the market and you provide people to actually invest in the market. Uh, the difference the government's come out today and spoken about government um, owning energy and running energy, we actually want to be able to, we think competition is good and that's where we see the contest of ideas different. So how we might get there is different to government. The government are rushing out and turn it pretty much saying, we'll just own everything and run everything. We don't believe that government is very successful in running anything. So how you might get there is different, but we believe, you know, you don't argue about the science, um, just have a, a contested ideas in terms of how you might get there. Yeah, no worries. And I just wanted to go digress our attention a little bit differently. Um, and talk about the rising cost of living. Obviously, it's affecting a lot of people in Australia right now. Inflation rates are soaring. Um, what, if you could briefly describe the Victorian Liberals' policies, one of the key policies towards mitigating the rising cost of living, what would that be? Yeah, look, I think that's really, really important. I mean, some of it is around um, taxation policy. I mean, we've had 42 new taxes and a lot of um, blowout of um, state debt. So that flows on to costs of things because somebody's got to pay and you end up the consumer pays when taxes go up and debt increases, government borrows more. So it's an economic um, problem for state governments to have. So we've got to be, uh, be better at running things, which again is the argument about why would government run anything or own anything when they haven't done a good job of it. Um, but then drilling down, there are some things that where the government does need intervention. One of the things that we've been talking about is around public transport. Public transport is now down to 50% patronage of what it was. So our $2 fares uh, and $1 for concessions um, would be something to be able to bring people onto public transport again, take congestion off the roads, and uh, and the cost saving of that, is, I think about around $3,000 to $4,000 a year, is a huge saver in terms of cost of living. So it's a good thing in terms of getting public transport used. 
It's a good thing for, for cost, of, uh, cost of living exercises. We're going to do some stuff around energy as well, which is important around that because energy is another really big thing. But I think you know, downward pressure on, on prices by ensuring we've got better taxation reform, uh, um, cutting some of those 42 new taxes that the government have introduced and managing projects better certainly ensures um, a, a, a tackling cost of living pressures that we're currently got at the moment. And, and look, even things like we, we um, announced a fuel app, fuel saver app. So, you know, rather than, than um, the fuel companies not telling the public where the cheapest fuel is, so um, our fuel saver app is very similar to what New South Wales does, which is getting them to actually having to report price changes. And then in real time, consumers can judge through technology where the cheapest fuel is to go out there and fill up their car. That's a real cost of living um, uh, saving by having that fuel saver app just by legislative change that exists and has been existing for a number of years in New South Wales that we would do within the first 100 days of government. And just just an overview of your um, politics so far in Victoria, um, obviously you've been elected and re-elected in Caulfield for quite some time now. What do you think has personally made you so electable to the people of that electorate? Yeah, so I'm very driven on community. Community is my focus, um, listening to what matters to my uh, my local constituents and not trying to impose my views on people, but rather, you know, trying to understand what's important to others. And so a community local representative that comes not from, you know, politics and trying to run a political spin or narrative, but, but trying rather to actually represent my local constituents, I think is important. And I think, unfortunately, a, a number of other you know, politicians and politics has become overly political. People don't want just political, you know, um, uh, shouting, ranting things against, you know, different politicians. They just want good ideas and good representation. And that's largely what I've tried to do. Yeah. And just to you know, you're obviously a very busy man right now, so I won't keep you for too long. But um, just touching on Australia's reversal. Um, of recognising West Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Um, I know you've touched on that a little bit um, recently. Uh, Could you just echo your position there um, and kind of describe to our listeners what you believe is the right path forward, as long of a question that is? Yeah, look, I mean, just quickly, I I just think that, you know, um, having another country trying to determine where someone's capital is, I just don't think it's, you know, Australia's, um, why Australia should be... um, uh, telling Israel where their capital should be. It would be like someone turning around saying, well, you know, like Canberra shouldn't be Canberra, let's move it to Sydney. And, you know, that being, you know, Israel or the US or someone else saying we don't we don't accept the fact that Australia has chosen Canberra as their capital. Uh, it's been it's been the capital of, uh, Jerusalem's been the capital of Israel, um, you know, since its um, inception. You know, why, why should we think any differently? Um and you know it's a regressive step. It's 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 something that's been accepted, and you know the government's trying to kind of wind it back now. And I think it just creates more division. We don't need more division. We've kind of moved forward. I think it's been you know it's been Israel and Australia have had a really strong friendship, and the government's kind of tried to do this without any consultation with both the Jewish community or with Israel as well. So it's a, it's a very unusual foreign affairs. Um, position uh, and it's the biggest it's the first um, foreign affairs position that the government Labor government's done um, since they've been elected and it seems you know 
pretty unusual that they'd, they'd kind of you know pick on Israel with all the other things that are happening in the world at the moment. That this should be the biggest issue uh, right now, where you've got all of these other humanitarian and and um, and 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 issues that are happening, you know, all throughout the world. Um, that all of a sudden, you know, let's pick on let's pick on poor little Israel again. Thank you so much for your time, David Southwick. No um, worries. Pleasure. For going for re-election again this state election. Thank you so much. Thanks, George. You've been listening to a Sin Media podcast, where young people run the show.